you want to know what's annoying me this morning? Of course you do. Rule Britannia. There has been some kerfuffle. Words have been had. Strongly worded letters written to the Times. Tea has been unnecessarily slurped in shock at suggestions that Rule Britannia either will or will not be played at a concert which will or will not actually be attended by anyone. Now, I'm clearly going to wade in with my usual incisive historical insight to ensure we're all made aware of the history of the song, its meaning then, its meaning now, its socio-economic effects on the grain harvest during the Great Depression, and such like. You're all expecting that, and who am I to disappoint? Obviously my first and clearly quite important issue with Real Britannia is that whatever people think about it, no one actually knows the words. A few people can remember when Britain first at heaven's command, but you've lost a good proportion by the mention of the Azul Sea, and by the time you get to the bit about muses repairing your coastline, which is nice, I mean coastal erosion is a nightmare after all, you've pretty much lost everyone. Despite its seeming popularity, not something in itself I approve of, you won't catch me being popular, I can tell you, despite that popularity, people don't know it. All they actually wait for is blah 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 rule, Britannia, Brit and so forth. This is what I shall call the swing low effect. Someone at some point, for almost certainly massively racist reasons, sung a song at a rugby match, didn't know most of the words, but one or two particular lines stuck as being relatively melodic and so it became popular. And if you doubt me, exactly how many of you can remember the line of Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, which follows, for instance, If you get there before I do, coming for to carry me home? Hmm? Anyone? No, thought not. In case you're wondering, it's Tell all my friends I'm coming too. To which the chorus replies, It's about time someone came too. And everyone laughs and it's all funny. Getting back to the matter in hand. When Britain first at heaven's command arose from out the Azure main. Now, I will grant you that in 1740 people didn't understand tectonic plate formations, but even the wildest of the weird biblical types surely didn't think the Almighty said, right, we'll start with a teeny tiny island in the corner, then we'll paint all the other continents to the bottom right of it. Oh, I've spilled a blob, better make that America then. I doubt many people even then believed that, surely. But ignoring that, as we have every right to do, and perhaps ignoring most of the verses which are basically we're brilliant, you're all rubbish and ruled by dictators and stuff, and our men are manlier and our women are presumably womanlier, and so on, let's actually dive into the chorus since that's the bit people actually know. Rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves. Plausibly, I will grant you, accurate at the time. We had relatively recently beaten the Dutch convincingly, the French concentrated on land forces, the Spanish were in decline, so okay, you know what, I'm going to accept that one. Britons never, never, never shall be slaves. Well, okay, ignoring the past when Britons clearly were enslaved by the Romans, but I suppose we can ignore that pre-1740 because it's saying shall be, not have been. So, okay, let's look at 1740s Britain. Unless you basically define a Briton as someone who is not a slave, there was actually clearly quite a lot of slavery in Britain at this point. So you're saying Britons who aren't slaves and don't fall foul of some presumably swarthy foreigner at some point, because they're all tyrants, remember, aren't slaves. Not quite the catchy message. 
I mean, part of me assumes that the original intention is that Britain itself wouldn't become enslaved, which would make more sense as a patriotic song. It's certainly factually inaccurate to say Britons shall never be slaves from 1740 onwards. But before I get wrapped up in knots about that issue, and perhaps wrapped up in knots isn't the best way of putting it, let's move on. I think in all seriousness I may have hit on the problem accidentally, but since my job isn't hit on the real problem, let's change tack quickly. So, my real issue is that it's not a good song. At least Land of Hope and Glory, for all its equal, equally awful jingoism and British exceptionalism, uh, exceptionalism's a long word, isn't it, is actually singable. I mean, those first lines again. When Britain's when Britain first, at heaven's command, arose from out the azure main. Notice up to this point I haven't even attempted to sing it, for which you're all grateful, no doubt. Well, but it goes, when Britain first, at heaven's command. How come the first, the word first, contains six syllables? Exactly how does this make this song in any way a sensible thing? It doesn't fit. And the second line's no better. Arose from out the azure main. You've got five-syllable arose and a four-syllable azure. This isn't a song you can actually sing. This, to my mind, is the clearest evidence I've ever seen for Humphrey Littleton actually being a vampire, having clearly introduced one song to the tune of another from, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, several hundred years ago. Someone played it tremendously well, fitting in the words somehow into a song that doesn't go, and for some unknown reason it caught on. Look. If the only point of singing the song is for the chorus, then just shout the chorus over and over like they do at the rugby. If the point is the song, make it fit in some conceivable way that makes it tolerably singable. Oh, and ideally, don't have an argument about it every year either. So, in summary, I will tell you what Rule Britannia is. It's a veritable small or, 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 or,